Greetings, everyone, all you commanders, eagles, and angels. You are here again listening to A Night at the Round Table. And we're coming to you live from BBS Radio Station 2, bbsradio.com, Station 2. We're your hosts this evening. This is Tara and Rama. And with us, we have our wonderful energy healer and bioenergetics expert, Vinayak. And um, our author and channeler, Caroline, Oce- Caroline Oceana Ryan. And our brother, Randy, will be here. He's an energy healer as well. He'll be here later. Uh, he's uh, being called to some other show work. And um, then we'll also uh, consult uh, with our sister, Penny, who has been transcribing these shows for 11 years now. <laughs> and um, also our brother, Micah, who is offering adjunct assistance to things like what Kesh is doing in this world at the moment. And uh, he's also going to uh, lead us in a, uh, in a, uh, 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 a round table with our guest, Eloise, who will be coming on the second hour. And so I'm going to pass this talking stick at the moment now. Uh, I will just give these real quick. There are some two numbers to call in as after the meditation, if you want to check in. And it's 888-429-5471 or 323-744-4841. We'll repeat those later. I'm going to pass this talking stick to our sister, Caroline. She will lead us in a centering meditation. Pass this talking stick to you, Caroline. Thank you so much, Tara, and welcome, everyone, all our listeners around the globe. And as Mike always says, around the cosmos, I love that. (laughs) And if you just want to take a moment for yourself where you're breathing in deeply, in through the nose, breathing in slowly, I want to put your hand on your heart if that helps you to center yourself in your heart space. Breathing in deeply through the nose with mouth closed. And then slowly breathing out with mouth open. Sort of a ha sound. And just carry on breathing in deeply that way. In through the nose with mouth closed. Slowly, deeply. And then breathing out through the open mouth. And this is really a lovely way to come back into your body fully and to calm yourself when you are maybe a little rattled by life, a little fed up, a little unsure of the moment. Just purely concentrating on your breathing reminds you that that's really what you are. You are this breath that is life. You are a powerful spirit. You are a powerful presence in the universe. You're not just this person reacting to what's going on around them. So as you're doing that, let's bring in, I'm asking the collective to direct what I, what I say tonight. And they're saying the rose ray, beautiful Mary, mother of Christ, rose ray. And Christ, of course, means Christos, the crystalline energy. 
consciousness, the light being consciousness. And image yourself in a pillar of this beautiful, sparkling, divine light. If you feel green is more healing for you, that's all right. You can switch to the emerald green. But if you can, think in terms of the rose ray right now. And you're just filling up with this absolutely beautiful, nurturing, supportive, reassuring, and very healing light. It's going to every part of your being that needs some sort of attention that's calling out for support. Every cell in your body being lit up with this light. Any part of the body that seems to be in pain, discomfort, any aspect of your emotional life, your spirit, the mind. Very easy in the modern world for the mind to just whirl away all the time and just not ever want to be calm. Call the light into that. And we're going to as well open a portal of light to the higher realms and ask that all Interfering energies, entities, influences, lower vibrations move into the light where they will revert to their true form, where they can go home to the beauty of the higher realms. There's really no room on the earth anymore for these lower vibrations. And all of you, friends, all of you stand as this beautiful demonstration of walking embodiments of higher light. So maybe now think of an issue that's been difficult for you and just bring that forward. We have a, on the abundance calls, we have a circle of light or Raman Tara called the circle of support. Basically the same idea, just image all of us in a beautiful circle of light and put that issue you can't quite believe or can't quite push through or solve or heal, put that in the center. We're all sending it light. If you want to go and sit in that center, that's fine. And we're all sending light to you. And this whole area, this whole circle of light is filled with this beautiful rose ray. And it's lighting up parts of you that have been in a sort of amnesia. Maybe you've forgotten why you came in. You claim you don't know. You do know. It's just back there somewhere. It's very deeply embedded in your spirit. If you'd like to know your life purpose more clearly, say that now. Just speak that request and requirement to the universe, to your higher self. I really desire to know what kind of soul growth I'm here for and what kind of mission I'm here for, for the earth. And as well, if you want to ask about your day-to-day work, or relationships, that's fine, whatever you want clarity on. But be very clear. I'm calling forth, requiring, commanding forth total clarity and divine wisdom in this area. Now you notice this beautiful stream of light goes deep all the way down into the earth. 
So if you want to follow that stream of light down into the earth and fully ground yourself there, that is fine. Go ahead and do that. You'll find yourself in inner earth. And there are beautiful beings of light there who will be happy to welcome you. You can only land in a safe place there. And when you're ready, take your awareness back up into the higher realms so that you're beautifully connected there as well and back into this lovely circle of light. Calling on all the higher selves to step forward now. Or if you prefer one of your guides or angelic guardians. And one of them is going to very lightly touch you in the center of the forehead with the fingertips, or they'll just send a ray of light to that to help you remember why you're here and the resources you have to consider this a beautiful adventure, this life, not just an exercise in anxiety or fruitlessness, but a beautiful unfolding of your true self. And as well, they're touching that crown chakra at the top of the head. You might feel a a few hairs move up there. That's all right. That happens. And call forth any ascended master or archangel you wish. And say, I desire to speak with you. And if you have a question or something you need to discuss with them, you can bring that forth now. And if you don't know what to say, you can ask to be just used as a vessel of light on this planet at this time. And to have compassion and patience, to live in neutrality, even when you think of those who are behaving very badly right now. To say, actually, I'm not going to judge good or bad. I'm going to say all is well. Wonderful. All right, friends, when you're ready, come back down into your body fully, back down into the room fully, stretch the arms and legs a bit, maybe move the fingers a bit, stretch the hands. Anytime you're carrying a difficult burden that you don't know what to do with and feel troubled by or just confused by. You know, I've, I've been thinking um, lately, there's just a few things I just don't seem to have the key to. Just put it in that circle of light and say to your team, I really require divine wisdom on this. And a sense of calm, a sense of higher direction as I'm working through it. Wonderful. So I'm going to hand that Quexaquatl <laughs> fairy dusted talking stick back to our friends Ram and Tara. And thank you so much, everyone, for following with us on that. So back to you, Ramantara. Thank you. Thank you, Cheryl. Caroline, excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) I get a new name every week. Go ahead. (laughs) It's only one of us here anyway. But um, the point being made is that uh, you might say divine chaos is amongst us. And 
the power of focus is more important than ever right now. There is more science on what they're injecting into the bodies of human beings through the jab. And it's not a better synopsis. It's very disturbing. Uh, Yet what Caroline was saying in our meditation is that um, there are practical things to do. (coughs) The pine needle tea uh, and its extract is a is still a good form. I was just thinking about it here because um, there's the equivalent of little teeny tiny razor sharp substances that are being injected into the arms of people through the vaccine, and which is not a vaccine, as everybody knows. And it's like they're not biodegradable. Uh, and what they're doing is they're cutting the blood vessels inside the uh, the person's body. And um, this is basically Russian roulette. What's going on here is what the person's been saying. Um, this is where it comes in. And I don't know what Rama's been talking to the faction Three White Knights about this is that the power of the light coming in and us meeting that light with higher conscious awareness. That is the point of light within the mind of God that uh, you might say that we can dissolve anything that the third dimensional realm cannot. That's the only way I can put it. Yes. I can describe it in physical terms that the solar flares are bringing monoatomic gold literally into our atmosphere. Our news agencies on this planet will never talk about that kind of thing. Yet these monoatomic particles of living light, living love, are entering our bodies and changing our physical molecular structure. Our science hasn't yet grasped how to talk about this because it's quantum physics. The only people I know that talk about this is Nassim and Greg Braden and Dr. Fred Allen Wolf and Joe Dispenza and Satguru and other folks. <laughs> I passed the talking stick. So, um, I'm, I'm just going to say that the light of 10,000 suns is coming in, and Rama's going to share that from the, uh, report we have yeah so we'll listen to that but i think i'd like to go around this round table right now and i am curious to pass the talking stick to our brother benai benai do you have something to share with us tonight i 
Aloha. I sure do. Thank you for this talking stick, and I'm up and raring to go here. Uh, I'd like to share with the audience. I'd like you to mark it on your calendars right now a significant date that is fast approaching. First, we have the eclipse happening on Saturday or Friday, depending where you are in the world. And uh, then after that, we have another eclipse happening. Uh, but what I want to share with you this evening, folks, is on December 21st, mark your calendars, 2021, a new higher vibrational sunlight is coming from the central sun, will shine on the earth, and this entire realm will be permeated in exotic cosmic particles that instantaneously upgrades DNA to a higher order. At that time, humanity will undergo a huge leap in evolutionary consciousness that the world has never witnessed. So this is all good news, folks. And it goes on to say the most profound and noticeable DNA changes will happen first to the beings who already resonate close to the fifth dimension. And I think it's safe to say any listeners of ours are resonating very close to the fifth dimension. So congrats. DNA strands will be activated by the gamma light particles, and they will reattach to the corresponding chakra point or chakra portal. At that moment, the corresponding dimension can be perceived as the outward reality. So that's the shifting of our reality from the 3D to the 5D. 3D and 4D resonant beings will follow soon after, as soon as they are ready, vibrationally to make this leap in consciousness. Our main goal and our work here is to assist humanity in this evolution and to help create a better world here for, for all where beings can live in prosperity, yahoo, peace, freedom, happiness, health, and love, blaze the violet fire, and bring in Masara now. It is all part of the divine plan that we all made for the ascension of planet Earth. It is the destiny of this world to be returned once again back into a paradise. And it has been our destiny to play a big part in it all. We have waited lifetimes for this, folks. The mass global communication directly from the Pleiades through the Earth Alliance to the most prominent leaders of light on this planet focused primarily a massive planetary global meditation that will occur on 1221. Some of you may want to join in on that wherever you are on the planet. As part of our final mission to planet Earth, and as the leaders of light stationed on the surface, 
We are called on by the councils of light to bring about planetary awareness of this global meditation. That incredible high high level of conscious cohesion among the star seeds of the earth, that's you folks, combined with the high vibrational morning solstice light rays of the first day of the new age of Aquarius and the golden central sun rays of the new Sat Yoga will trigger a total compression breakthrough on the surface of planet Earth. A flash of blinding white, exotic light from the central sun to the surface will propel this entire realm into the fifth dimension, will trigger an instantaneous DNA upgrade which we've all been waiting for, and all darkness and low vibrations will be eradicated from the earth. Pure consciousness is the most powerful force in the universe. In fact, consciousness is the transformative factor in this planet. It creates all matter and perceived reality by sheer conscious willpower. I'm sorry. It creates all matter and perceived reality and by sheer conscious willpower will return this world back into the paradise it was always meant to be. And I share that with you from Stefan Cerulean Cerulea Sky. So much love, many blessings and The best is yet to come, folks. So, plenty of hope. Could you spell spell Stefan's last name, Boris Vinayak? Yes, it's uh, Stefan Cerulean, like the color, C-E-R-U-L-E-A-N. And another word, Surya. S is in Sam, U-R-Y-A, and then the beautiful word sky, S-K-Y-E. So that's a very powerful message, and uh, I hope it lightens everybody's heart, and I bring in the love and the light, and there's so many things happening. I'm involved with... uh, some coursework myself and we are doing tremendous healing not only on planet earth but on ourselves working on our consciousness as well as being initiated into being transmitters of uh, as pillars of light on the planet to facilitate this dynamic shift of reality that we are all creating. So thank you all listeners. We love you and we thank you for being here. And I pass the talking stick back to you. Rama and Tara are faction three white knights. Aloha. Thank you, Commander. Mahalo Nui Law. Yeah, that's good. That's a good one, everyone. Um, 
the more light we take into the cellular molecular structure, the less that this third dimensional realm affects us. Uh, that I know. And light can transmute anything. That's yeah, yeah. And no matter what the 3D says. And just to, uh, while I've got it on my mind, uh, we're deleting the old power structure. We're, we're, not, we're not putting negative energy into that. We're just, we're transmuting to a higher vibration of conscious where it doesn't exist. And in, in that sense, the International Monetary Fund, the World Health Organization, the World Bank, the United Nations, there are, they're just dissolved. They're dissolved back into the light. We give that no credence. And in terms of where you keep your money, take everything out of the big banks and put them in credit unions. Any, any money that you have and are in the big banks, it goes away uh, as the old system goes away with that money. Anything that you have in a credit union, you get to keep that money. And then everything gets added onto you. In other words, in addition to the money you have there in the credit union, uh, the $10 million that every man, woman, and child will be receiving gets added onto that. And that's just a really important thing to know. I, I'm not sure that the credit unions um, are completely reliable that way, Tara, because most of them are um, uh, part of the National Union of, of Credit Unions. Uh, National Association of Credit Unions or something of that effect. And um, it's like the, the banks being FDIC. And I, you'd have to find a credit union that doesn't have that. So does uh, ours have that or not? How do you find out? No. You can see it on their website. Yeah. You can see it like if when you go to a website, you can see it like I'm going to look at my credit union right now. And very often it's sort of in the, the small print at the bottom. What does it, what, what do we need to look for to, that it should say? Um, it'll say in a box, it'll say NCUA. And it says federally insured by NCUA, which is the national Credit Union Association, and it's pretty much like the FDIC. Which so, is so the the thing that we don't want to see is uh, that and NCUA, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure you'd have to find one that doesn't have that. That's you know, I'm not a financial advisor; I don't claim to be, but I have a feeling that if it says that, uh, it's they roll like the banks. And maybe, you know, the government requires that of them. Credited by the NCUA is what it will say if it's yeah. like a regular bank. Yeah. Well, then that gives us some homework. In other words, yeah. applying to the details right now. Yeah. And, and subscribing to higher conscious awareness is absolutely necessary. So I just wanted people to... To say, as you're interested in in this issue, research it and bring some knowledge to the table here. Thank you, Caroline, for doing so. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, now that we're here talking with you, Caroline, I'm going to pass the talking right back to you and see what you have to tell us. You want to share some more, sister? Here we go. Um, uh, you know, 
I think that what something we can do, the, the collective version sharing with me to offer to everyone is that with this year, we can just leave all of the the darker aspects of our human experience. We can just sort of mentally put it into this year in the sense that um, we're leaving it behind. Similar to what Vinayak was was just reading, you know, as he's reading that, I'm thinking even if that, even let's say if that wasn't all lined up for this universe to demonstrate to us, if you and I expect it, if we align with our energies with it in this giant hologram we're in, that's what has to unfold. And it can, but we need to not wait and we need to not hold our breath and expect a, a savior or rescue mission. We can do this right now. Just consider that by the time this winter solstice comes along, which is sort of the beginning of the new year, December 21st, 22nd, um, when that rolls along, that's it. We've begun again. Everything is new. Treat everything in your life as if it were brand new. Every issue in your life, it's you're going to look at it with fresh eyes and, and give thanks for it. Be full of appreciation and release judgment. Release judgment for what earth has been, but consider that's a past chapter. And now we're moving forward. And this is going to be a higher vibrational experience because we've just decided it will be. And I think we can do that. It will take more than a few people, but even just, you know, a hundred or more of us doing that can absolutely create powerful shifts. So that's what I'm hearing right now. Leave everything that's been hard for you about this year, leave it in this year and require and expect that 2022 is going to be so full of light and so full of transformation and transmutation and transfiguration that you're not going to be in the mood to expect more of the same. Not at all. So, yeah, thank you very much. I'll pass that talking stick back to you, Robin Tara. Looks like Randy is with us also. Oh, well, we better grab him while we can. Randy, this is quick. I didn't expect you so soon. Pass the talking stick to you, Randy. Thank you, Caroline, very much. Oh, we have have to unmute Randy. I don't know. Possibly he's he's not quite there yet. Mm -hmm. He's just come in. Okay. Might want to ask someone else. (laughs) Okay. How about I pass this talking stick to our sister Penny? Uh, Am I unmuted now? Yes. Oh. Really good. Okay, so I'm late, but here I am. So I have another suggestion uh, to our listeners uh, for transmuting darkness, and that's to laugh your face off. And uh, it always works for me, especially when I'm uh, down in the dumpies, as Ashtar always calls it. Um, and I, I don't think I'm the only one that suffers from that um, condition periodically. And so I um, thought that I would share something that came across my uh, computer top a few weeks, a couple, three weeks ago. And it has to do with the power of misplaced words and punctuation and when what happens when people take stuff literally. So, um, and this was shared with me by a friend. 
So the heading of the email that came was the following. The government of Madrid, Spain, announced that people can come out only with masks. So they did. And the 36-minute video that's on BitChute, and it's number 7202, uh, shows a whole bunch of people from in Madrid riding their bicycles naked, except for their masks. And it's hilarious. It just caused, you know, all the people to honk and all kinds of things. It's really, really funny. And it's an absolutely brilliant way of protesting, which is what a lot of people, well, people all around the world are protesting the situation. So, and, and well, they should. And what I'm inspired by is the fact that ordinary people are finding the most amusing ways um, to, to um, do this. Uh, to to fight back and um, there's a lot of uh, things that I'm finding I've, I've been working for the last few days on um, reorganizing my information on COVID and some of you may not know I'm the scribe for the notes and I'm also the archivist as well as a researcher for a lot of the information that is provided for the for the program and I and I'm keeping the I keep copies of everything so that we have um, a really good source of information when it's time for us to do our witnessing. Um, so what I'm finding is that my pile that's called people protesting is getting taller and taller all the time because there's so much going on and people are not taking anything sitting down, which got me to the next part. Aside from this really clever way in the capital of Spain, which is a Catholic country controlled by the Vatican, I mean, it's just too much to even think about. But to see to see this video, like I said, it's only 32 or 36 minutes. Had a conversation <clears throat> with one of the panel members, and uh, uh, we decided that they were probably entirely naked. I had suggested that maybe they were wearing those um, skin-colored underwear no, no, she thought that they weren't, that they were entirely naked. I looked again, and she's probably right. So that got me to the next part, which had me in stitches and giggles. And that is imagining what it's like in Canada, northern Canada, western Canada, where the snow is on the ground, what that kind of a protest would look like. And I started off with the concept of heated bicycle seats. And then on top of that, I added, well, I don't think we're going to make it unless we wear red underwear. And so I got that far and then I put red toques on our heads, you know, like what you guys call woolen hats or some people call woolen hats. We call them toques. And I couldn't go any any further than that. I just couldn't imagine uh, anything further because I was laughing too hard. So I only (laughs) I only propose this as finding something to laugh at, even in the middle of all this darkness that you guys are talking about and that we all know exists. Um, you have to be able to look cross-eyed and pull a Monty Python uh, some of the time to get through all of this too. And that is also an excellent way of raising the energies to five and over, (laughs) as as Vinayak is saying. So I just want to offer that because uh, it's, it's, if you see life in a cockeyed way, it helps a lot as well too. So just find the funny parts. So that's, that's all I have to say about that. So I'll pass it back to you, Tara. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Let me break in here. I'm laughing. No end. It's actually, thank you, Penny. That's such a great share. 
It's actually a 36 second video, not 36 minutes. Oh, well, that's, I'm sorry. I got that wrong, but there you go. That would have been funny. (laughs) That is just crack. It's the whole, your whole description is cracking me up. And yes, it was for real. They were naked. So brave. Oh, so great. It was, it's really a funny video. And, and you're right. It stands the whole thing on its ear. The stupidity of, of all of this, the madness of all of it. And um, we're, we're bigger than all that now. We're bigger than all these petty little plans they put out. So thank That's you, fine. Penny. I'm, I'm sorry, Tara. Go ahead. No, I, I just wanted to ask. I just wanted to make another point that the English teacher in me says, you know, <laughs> that this is, <laughs> this is also a really sad example of what happens when you don't know what you're saying and people decide to um, uh, stick it to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty, yeah, exactly. pretty hilarious example of bad use of commas and words. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. You would think so, more like that would come from Joe Biden, you know? Uh, yes, exactly. One uh, gaffe or another. Oh, maybe, maybe I'll hire myself out as a translator or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, I sign off. Okay. Thank you, Penny. I was going to say that. Um, I know it's warmer in Spain than it is around here, but it's probably still chilly. So they had a gumption. They had a lot of gumption to get out there naked right about now with just their masks on on their bicycles. Well, and I just think that doing it in a, in a 100% Catholic country is just, just beyond, beyond. <laughs> Absolutely. Get that stick out of your derriere right now. <laughs> Although... Uh, they have naked beaches in Spain all the time in the summer. Yeah, those, they're Europeans. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they aren't as, uh, what's that word, prudish as the American side <laughs> of the story. But, uh, yeah, that's a good one. That's really good. All right. Uh, okay, so, uh, Caroline, are you complete with your sharing, right? Yes, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, okay, Micah, you're on the stage here. Uh, unless, oh, there's Randy. Well, uh, let's call on, hold, hold on for just a second, Micah. Let's call on that Randy because we got to catch him while we can. Are you there now, Randy? Meow. There you are. <laughs> Cats are here. Meow. Well, yes. we have to realize that We just have to do like the racehorse does, keep forging ahead. No matter if the rider falls off, the saddle falls off, we have to keep going. Because the dark ones know their time is over. They're just playing all their cards that they've tried to play over and over and over and over again. But we just keep forging ahead no matter what. And like Penny said, have a good laugh. Put your butt on your bicycle, go ride down around town, get some laughs. People need laughs. They need to lighten up. It's not as bad as it seems. Because there's lots of good going on behind the scenes that the reporters on the talking head, they never report that. I know people that work for newspapers. They were proofreaders. And they said, you know, we never run across hardly any positive stories that we read about. And we asked the editors, why don't you put some positive? He said, that doesn't sell newspapers. 
People want to read other people's dirty laundry. That's what sells. So that's what we're going to print. So it's the same thing with the with any media right now. With any media. You have all the things on the internet. You have every crusader in the world has come out in the last year that they have the answers. Whistleblowers, the real ones, don't have YouTube channels, shirts for sale, and things like that. Because they know their life is on the line. So they go and they talk and they do the things they can. And they don't reveal their locations. Some of them don't even reveal their voices. Mr. Kesh last night in the meeting, was we had he had numerous interruptions. He said, I'm sorry. I have to go. I'll be back in a few minutes. The peace talks are still going on in Vienna. So when they get into trouble, they would call in Mr. Kesh for negotiation skills. So everybody asked him last night, what's going on? I said, I can't talk. I'm sorry. I can't talk. They're not over yet. When they're over, then we'll know. So we realized that these guys, they all want everything, but they're not giving concessions. They, they still want this and that, that. No, it's plain and simple. You will get all the technology you could ever dream of if you sign a peace treaty and a real peace treaty and you mean it and you do it. That's where the crossroads are right now. We as a human race have to decide something. Are we going to let these guys continue to do what they're going to do? Or are we going to push back in nonviolent ways? School children, 10 years old, are getting up in rallies and talking. And telling all the adults, what's going on? I haven't seen my teacher's face. I want to see my friend. All these other things. This is wrong. Children are seeing that. Why can't the adults see that? It's because they've been blinded. They've been blinded by the news, by the fluoride and the water that they're drinking. And a child has a totally different outlook on life. They haven't been programmed yet like the adults have. So hats off to all the kids around the world. They're standing up and speaking the truth and saying, no, it's my right not to wear a face diaper in school. It's my right to see my teacher. It's my right to play outside. It's my right to see and play with my friend whenever I would like. Children are the future, folks. Remember that. They're the ones that we're going to leave this world to. So let's leave them something that's worth live, leaving. Let's leave them an intact world. Not totally destroyed. I passed the talking stick. Okay, you've got the nightcap, Micah. Thank you, Randy. Um, this has to stop, and it is stopping in the in the light of the most radiant one, recognizing who we are. And yes, a child shall lead us, many of them. So, my son, I pass the talking stick to you. Micah. Greetings. And greetings to all of our listeners from around the world and throughout the cosmos. (laughs) Well, folks, uh, amidst all the chaos in the world right now, unbeknownst to Mendy, as Randy just mentioned there are peace talk negotiations happening with what they call the five plus one and the cash foundation at this time um, the responsibility has been given to the universal council members 
and the knowledge seekers of the Keshe Foundation to work through their souls to elevate the souls of those at the peace talks. And I would like to also invite our listening audience to do the same at this time. I've been envisioning my soul giving freely 24-7 to elevate the souls of all the people on the, no- on the peace negotiation table. Uh, also, would like to share a little bit about the Universal Council with our audience uh, who may not be familiar uh, with them. The purpose of the Universal Council is to unite the entire planet and to form a bridge between the universal community and humanity. The ethos of the Universal Council is that we are here to serve, not to be served. Um, The Universal Council is here to serve each and every soul in the universe. This charter of the Universal Council for Humanity is recognizing all collective commitments of all souls on planet Earth and in the universes and for all to be as equal. As the Universal Council journeys along its path of service, the Council guides to elevate all souls for them to bring peace on this planet and in their process of travel and existence in the universe as a whole. Through the beauty of the soul of diversity of the languages spoken on planet Earth, all souls are created as equal and are all as creators, as they are created in the image of the creator. Uh, Some more new developments with the Keshe Foundation. Um, The first phase of opening 1,000 Keshe Foundation centers worldwide over the next year will begin with 100 centers, and that includes wellness centers, universities slash research and development centers, and manufacturing facilities by February of 2023. He's also uh, releasing 30 water centers that will be developed by that time as well. And another new development is they are offering jobs in research and development of new technologies. There must be a minimum of three people per group per project. And the funding is all allocated by the Keshe Foundation prior to the project. It will involve relocating to one of the Keshe Foundation research centers abroad. I believe they have five planned university slash research centers across the world, Beijing, Tehran, Austria, Arizona, and I can't remember the fifth one, 2020, oh, excuse me, 2022, yeah, by by next year, February. Um, Another new development um, is, sorry, excuse me. So these new technologies are tools for us to become better drivers of our souls. In so many ways, the Universal Council and its members have been given the power to bring an end to this mayhem. One race, one planet, one soul. As Mr. Kesh said in one of his talks, he said that there's an old Chinese proverb. Suffering makes a man think. Thinking makes a man wise. Wisdom makes a man rich. Mankind is going through this process right now to become wise and to become rich, to be the house and home and the base of the creator where it manifests itself in both dimensions. Earth has been chosen to be the center of the universe. This is what is the promise and it shall be kept. 
And that's, oh, one last thing. There's a global peace meditation happening. Uh, and it's scheduled for, um, if you're in Pacific Standard Time, 11, it would be 11.35 p.m. on Friday, the 3rd, which would be the 4th, which is this, the uh, solar um, eclipse day. So they're trying to organize it so it's worldwide that everybody is on the same time. So you'll just have to adjust your time zone to 11.35 p.m. Pacific Standard Time tomorrow and uh, tune into a global peace meditation. And uh, that's my report. So i uh, pass the talking stick back to you, Tara and Rama. Okay, Micah. Um, did you send on the information to call our guest? Did you do that? I'm actually here with her as we speak. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, I had to make dinner. <laughs> I couldn't uh, give up an opportunity to spend time with Eloise. <laughs> All right. This is the best in the West. All right. So I'm going to... Uh, let you continue then, Micah, because it's time. T Tara, did Rama give his update fully? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's right. Your oh. update, yeah. Okay, and I'm sure since you're all together, you're enjoying some lovely meal, and Rama can do his update. That's thank you, Caroline. All right, here we go. This is from last Friday, starting on the twenty sixth, yeah. right? Yes. And we're going to go all the way through to today. So here we go. Um, I called Lady Nada today. It was 11.25 a.m. I asked her, what is going to happen here in terms of full disclosure and freedom for planet Earth and her people? She said to me, Lord Rama, we are in the final weeks of 2021 and Father Zeus otherwise known as Jupiter, is guiding the path. The astrology is saying, walk that invisible narrow road. We will make it. Go out into Father Sky and Mother Earth. Talk to the trees, the elves, the dwarves, the hobbits, the deer people. We are all in this circle of life. Then Lady Nada said, the dark side is going mad over wanting a civil war in this country. Yet Captain Astar and Admiral Sananda Kumara have other plans in place. They are called full disclosure and peace. As you see that blank screen on your TV screen, as you see that blank signal, on your TV screen or your smartphone, that so-called emergency broadcast alert, EBS test, that we all grew up with, the captain or the admiral will be addressing the people of Earth. All, all we are seeing is give peace a chance. All we are saying. All we are saying is give peace a chance. Thank you for caring enough about this planet and her people. Satnam Namaste, Blaze the Violet Fire. This is the Dalai Lama from last Friday. 
We are social creatures. We depend on each other, which is why we need a sense of concern for others' well-being. Compassion is what's important, and you don't have to be religious to practice it. Practicing compassion here and now, having a meaningful life is what is most important. And this is Saturday, the 27th. I received a call from Leonora today at 11.05. She was on some kind of smart device where we could see each other's faces. She said to me, Lord Rama, I'm going to show you a holographic videotape of the whales and dolphins and how they came to Earth 10 million years before humans started to be seeded here on Mother Earth. The whales and dolphins originally came from Sirius A, Sirius B, and the Pleiades. These ones are human souls who chose to take on cetacean bodies. These beings with their sound frequencies can change matter and space-time. If you've ever swam with the dolphins, you know what I'm talking about. And I mean, it it is transforming. They, along with the angels and ascended masters, helped orchestrate our light bodies on earth. We actually had light bodies that were see-through, like looking through a glass of water. The whales and dolphins came to help humanity ascend. Stay safe at this time. Remember the violet flame. This is an afterthought, Lady Nara said, uh, Leonara said. The orcs are out there. They want a war. Ashtar has said war has been canceled. Satnam Namaste. This is Monday. I talked, I called the King of Swords. He said to me, Lord Rama, let the people know that you need to get the ball joints fixed. And we got one side fixed today. Thank you, everyone. I am so grateful to be here. And then tomorrow he's going tomorrow to Tomorrow we to... do the next side. Yes, <laughs> everybody, thank you. It's been a little bit touch and go here. Yes. Using a limping uh, little vehicle around the town. (laughs) Yes. But he had some more to say besides that. Yes. Meanwhile, the King of Swords went on. Lord Rama, we are at a critical juncture where a full disclosure could fall out of the sky at any time. And I mean that in the sense where out of left field, somebody as... Uh, you don't hear a lot about like Ray McGovern, former CIA analyst, can just get on the TV like he does on RT and start spilling the beans. uh, We are seeing love and compassion supporting life, which brings joy and peace into our world. Love is letting go of fear. We all can send love and compassion 
to all the situations in the world in order in order for those situations to work out for the highest good of all concerned. See you in the light of the most radiant one, Satnam Namaste, blaze the violet fire. Then the Dalai Lama. One of my commitments is to promote human values based on our common sense and scientific findings. What we need is more self-confidence, which comes from concern for others' well-being. The real source of inner strength and self-confidence is warm-heartedness. This is what all the folks are saying in the midst of what we're seeing as they're trying to get rid of Roe v. Wade, change the voting laws, increase the violence and negativity. And this is Tuesday. I received a text message from Tom the Ringtail Cat at 11 a.m. this morning. He said to me, Lord Rama, the energies keep getting higher and the solar flares continue. As we approach this new moon solar eclipse, stay in the highest place of your heart. Things are going to get very ugly very fast. It is about man's inhumanity to man. And we are seeing this right now with the yada yada on all the transmissions across the planet. Right at this time, all the messages from the cosmos are saying, go beyond this 3D realm. Use your consciousness to travel this galaxy. This is what Dr. Greer talks about every, almost every single time he gets on his interviews that as our consciousness can connect with another consciousness, whether it's across town or 20 light years or 20 million light years across the galaxy, it makes no difference. This is where we're going. As we reach out and touch another, we are touching ourselves. We have the ability to transcend this false matrix. It is about how much do we want to ascend as opposed to being comfortable in the matrix and yeah the matrix can be comfortable yet at a certain point they want their pound of flesh and they will take it mm-hmm. and we're seeing that right now with dr Mengele on the tv every single day get your booster as we enter this time of the high holy days. Let us celebrate the return of the planetary prince, Sananda Kumara. He is the planetary prince of this entire galaxy, this local universe as well. And this is a larger story. He is co-region of this universe with Archangel Michael. This is a larger story that the Urantia talks about 
of the different levels of the spiritual government, divine government that we talk about with Cheryl. And this is orchestrated throughout the various galaxies and councils. These are the real folks in charge. The ones who are watching on that little transmission screen, it, it is the matrix. Stay in the high energies, blaze the violet fire. This is yesterday. I received a text message from Sweet Angelique the Cat at 1130. She said to me, Lord Rama, the energies coming in from this new moon solar eclipse this Saturday, December 4th, are about even higher interdimensional portals opening in our sun. Their purpose is to open a pathway for the spherical shaped craft to radiate their higher energies through our sun to Mother Gaia and all her children. There is a huge fleet of solar shaped craft parked on the far side of our sun, Sol. They are monitoring the solar flares coming to Earth. Stay in the high vibe and happiness of this holy season of the winter solstice and the return of the Christ. Satnam, namaste, blaze the violet fire. And this is today. Today I received a call from Lady Nada at 12.30 early this afternoon. She had the poppy lady with her. Please place Afghanistan in the circle of support. Uh, it's like, as the saying goes, when you go into the pottery shop and you break something, you buy it. We kind of have to deal with the situation in Afghanistan because we broke it. And at the same time, the galactics are coming in. 9-11 was done by our own government. Afghanistan never touched us on 9-11. Osama bin Laden was just a business partner of Bush Sr. Uh, enough of that. Lord Rama, once again, with this new moon and total solar eclipse arriving this Saturday, December 4th, focus on the Christ light coming in. Don't get caught up in the matrix by the false ideologies of who's right and who's wrong regarding the current state of affairs on our planet. The dark side is seeing their twilight. It is their deja vu. Kalima has played her card. Tell people who Kalima is. Kali is the fierce aspect of goddess Sekhmet where she Kali wears a necklace of skulls and she has blood on her mouth and as you go and look her up she removes the darkness and swallows it whole and transmutes it back into the void mm-hmm. Goddess is here. She takes no prisoners. Satnam Namaste plays the violet fire. I pass the talking stick. Oh, my. Okay. Any comments, add-ons, questions? 
Um, I think it was Lady Masternard in the very first report, she was talking about how the old power crowd want a civil war. What civil war meaning who facing whom? The the QAnon crowd facing what? What are they looking for? Yes, Miss uh, Miss Bobert out there. The, yeah, the progressives in the House are demanding her removal from all committees. And Miss Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, Louis Gohmert, uh, Chuck Grassley. I mean, Kyle Rittenhouse. I could go on with the names. What's his name? Ted. Ted Cruz. Cruz yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These folks Tom want. Cotton, yes. They mm-hmm. want a civil war in the sense where they would like to do what they did on January 6th, only across the country, across the planet, where there is chaos. And, you know, in a sense, the three percenters, the Oath Keepers, the Proud Boys would like to take on the cops, the military. Uh, and we know how this story ends. The Jews ends. will not replace us. The Jews will not replace us. That's calling for war. Yeah. I mean, they're playing with the Hitler story all over again. And they are playing with the ideas out there of creating this fascist state where the idea, you know, like you said, Caroline, digitized IDs, digitized uh Driver's license with your uh, vaccine information or non-vaccine. Yeah, I mean, your ID just by getting the jab, they can connect it. Yeah. But the the thing is that that, this is what... The Borg nanite program that hooks into the 5G and the Matrix is that digital ID. And... um, I don't know where to go with that, except to say that everyone that I talk to is saying that the monoatomic gold particles, as crazy as it sounds, are transmuting the, these Borg nanite technologies, yet there are so many folks that are leaving and going over the rainbow, and I'm not sure how to talk about that other than they are playing with as it has been described in the uh, prophecy of Fatima they are playing with abominations of desolation and that is um, misqualified energy out of a space-time continuum called evil this is why I keep saying goddess is here she takes no prisoners and these guys are slitting their own throats every single day. I passed the talking stick. Um, I was just going to say we really can't emphasize more that, how important it is to open our hearts for more light and love to come in. I mean, they would like to create multiple incidents in this country like what happened on the 6th of January, so that all activity stops. We go into martial law and there's some sort of, you know, Mexican standoff, not to use that word, 
but it's about, you know, one side challenging the other and, you know, whose gun is bigger. And this is why Astor said war is canceled. I passed the talking An stick. eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth makes us all blind and toothless. So, all right. So that is the grand scheme then for to spur on the fringe groups to uh, go crazy. And then they knock us down into martial law, uh, under martial law. But Ashtar is saying they're not going to allow that to happen. War has been canceled. Yes. Yeah. I mean, right now in uh, Daly Plaza in Dallas, Texas, there are people still sitting there waiting for JFK Jr. to, to show, show up. up with Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. What kind of ridiculous story do we, you know? Well, it's not ridiculous because JFK Sr. is going to be back because they didn't kill him. They killed him. They did, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the interesting thing is that uh, the old power crowd have taken what is true and then just twisted it. Um, And they injected just enough truth to hook people. And then the rest, the other 98% is lies. And uh, it's kind of sad in a way. And yet my heart goes out to these people because they understand they are fed lies on the airwaves every day and that the real truth is out there somewhere. But they don't know necessarily to come to Rama and Tara to get the real story. <laughs> That's the awful part. And uh, I do encourage people to, to listen to Rama and Tara. I encourage everybody to listen I don't mean to interrupt, but oh, that's right. the part that is really kind of scary right now is these Republicans and the ones that support Trump are actually threatening members of Congress and the general populace of yeah, the they've been country. Going, going after Ilhan Omar, just the most latest, and she was yeah, saying, I you mean, know, Death threats and people are going to get killed when you keep on doing this. And this is the kind of stuff that they're pushing at the same time. We must take it like John Lennon and so many others have said throughout the years. Love is the answer. I passed a talking stick. Yeah. Rhetoric Mm -hmm. is dangerous. I mean, I made a choice back in the 60s not to go to war, but to go and visit Sai Baba and Mother Mother Teresa Teresa. instead of going to Vietnam. I mean, that was my choice. And I honor that in the sense where there are so many others on this planet that made other choices. And I Everybody has free will choice, yet most of the people that I grew up with are not here because they made that choice, place of violent fire. Thank you, Rama. Yes. Mm. So, uh, yeah, so we'll hand the talking stick back to you. Um, I guess, Micah. Yes, Micah, I think... It's your turn. I'm passing this talking stick to you now to introduce our guests, our our guests that we know and have in our hearts from last year. All right. Greetings, everyone, once again. Um, 
just before we do that, I wanted to mention uh, it goes in alignment with what Manayak was talking about on the 21st, as well as a number of other um, astrological uh, things I've been seeing. Uh, Mr. Kesh also has uh, put it out there to hope, hoping to put these peace negotiations to a resolution by the 21st, which he says is the birth birth date of uh, Mithra. So anyhow, let's move on. Um, love to introduce to you all my dear friend Eloise Chare of the Bear Clan of Turtle Island. She was born on May 20th, 1951 in Trois-Rivières, Quebec, and grew up primarily in Montreal on the family farm in Montebello, Quebec, the third eldest of 10 children. Eloise's upbringing led her to seek a life of humanitarian service, working in Mexico with local street children and in Morocco, teaching the children of nomadic shepherds. In 1974, Eloise and her sister Anna opened and directed Canada House, an orphanage in war-torn Phnom Penh, Cambodia. Their work succeeded in enabling the successful airlift and placement of 80 Cambodian and Vietnamese children to waiting families in Canada and the U.S. We refused to leave without our babies and drew world attention to our cause. We stood by our motherly instincts and survived incredible tragedies to save the seed of a generation that was wiped out in Cambodia. Eloise began a cross-Canada water walk on May 8, 98, um, at mile zero of Trans-Canada Highway in Victoria, British Columbia. In early June of 98, she took a break from walking to receive the Vancouver Island Human Rights Coalition Medal presented by the Governor General of British Columbia and walked into Ottawa with her fellow water walkers on October 2nd of 98. Two bear grandmothers stood at the entrance to Ottawa with big braids of sweet grass to honor the water walk pilgrimage. She is Bear Clan. And as mothers, grandmothers, they are very protective of the next generation and all generations to come. Eloise says that good governance is equal to the quality of water given to all our children. And that means pure, natural, clean water, not tainted and bleached as we are witnessing today. To pervert water and convince everybody that it is healthy is morally wrong. To legally permit an industry to destroy watersheds and to allow corporations to pollute the environment is a sin. Profit and business must never rule over life. Managing nature is the arrogance of all time. Our indigenous roots teach us that we are a small piece of this immense web of life, and we must learn to respect all life as we should respect one another and leave a living legacy for future generations. And without further ado, I introduce Eloise Shai. Hi. Hi, Eloise. Hi. Yeah, so oh, so nice to be back here with you again. Um, <clears throat> to begin with, maybe you'd like to talk a little bit about your most recent experiences out here in British Columbia at the Old Growth Forest Blockade just outside of Rebelstoke. Um, well, I, I mean, nothing just, well, things do start up at some point, but this has been a long journey. And like prior to my water walk, I was arrested in uh, 
1997, and I spent two months in jail. And uh, I refused to, uh, the reason I went to jail is because I refused to sign the um, the paper that I refused to, I would not go back and protest my watershed, the logging in my watershed. And I said, how can I sign a piece of paper like that? It goes against everything I just did and got arrested. I said, you're making me into a hypocrite, you know. I said, I will always protest the logging of my watershed. And he says, okay, goodbye. And off they, the sheriffs grabbed me and hauled me off to to uh, maximum security prison in uh, Burnaby, Vancouver. And I had a great time in jail. I said, it finally, I had my own room. I had uh, even a toilet and I had uh, delivery of my mail right to the door. Um, I couldn't have asked for more. And all the women in jail got together and signed a petition in support of their sister Eloise and her cause for water and presented it to me in the rotunda. So it, it, was, uh, it, it was an incredible experience. But that's what began my, my journey of water walk. And it's, it's about the water. It's about the air, the earth, you know, and all life that grows upon it, you know, and what we're doing to it uh, and so many different ways. But because I live out here in the mountains and I'm, uh, 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 what we grow here is trees, you know, and we're people of the trees in the mountains. And I've learned to uh, weave baskets because I thought I can't just criticize these loggers and that I'm going to join forces. So they say logging feeds my family. I say, well, the trees feed my family. And so I've had to come out and try to work alongside them. And so that led me last summer uh, because every time I'm sitting at home thinking, oh, gosh, I can relax. Someone calls me and like, they're logging up the watershed somewhere. And so I end up going. And this summer it was Revelstoke. And it was about the old growth. And we had Fairy Creek that was uh, 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 celebrating in August. One year of young people. Now over a thousand people arrested at Fairy Creek. And these are kids that are hanging from bridges and on tripods way in the air, up in the trees. Uh, they have done everything they could, could to possibly save the old growth of the last intact watershed on Vancouver Island. So you can imagine how desperate they feel. And this is, again, to leave a living legacy. And some of these trees, like we have cedars here in certain areas that are 2,000 years old. Can you imagine how many generations that they have watched us come and go and all our schemes and everything, and uh, still they grow. And when you go into the old growth, you just sink in the moss. It's so thick. You can just bed down on it. It's quite comfortable. And uh, we're also facing the extinction of our caribou which adds another part to all this, not to mention our large animals and uh, so much, so many plants, such 
incredible diversity in a way. And so it's all of it. And I heard they wanted to set up because they knew me and they called me in to come and set up with them at uh, Big Mouth Creek. And it, there's a whole new breed of young people that have moved there because of the ski hill. It's like one of the longest ski hills in North America. Hmm. Oh. And, and Revelstoke, and then you go north of that, Revelstoke has a dab, Micah has a dab. So the very beginning uh, of them turning this into a, a, a you know, um, like a garden forest, they, there's so many cut blocks, and this is the clear cutting, uh, which is an obsolete system that is so destructive, and especially in the mountains. Because all the rain, everything comes down the mountains. Anyways, uh, uh, they they are in all our watershed. I mean, recently, uh, two December uh, uh, two December's ago, I was out trying to save the Balfour watershed, and out there at at again Christmas, trying to hold the road so they wouldn't bring their big machinery. Uh, to a place that had avalanche from the logging, that had destroyed many people's water uh, system, and uh, still they have to go in and get the rest, you know. And uh, so it's overwhelming. And they had Ferry Creek going on, and there's quite a high population down there. So I, I would always put my support where around where I live. And we were very lucky. We had a lot of the youth from Ferry Creek and they're all like hardcore and, and in shape and, 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 and so bonded together because this whole stance has made them into such a little community. And uh, um, I, I enjoyed all of them. It, and, and they're trying so hard to save whatever is left of life on Earth. But I told them when they got up there, I said, I don't want to see helicopters flying around, pulling kids out of trees. I said, this is the Kootenays. The loggers are our neighbors. We got to get along with our loggers. So and we have the RCMP come up. He comes up. He, he comes up to also check if we're okay. And if we're safe, you know, mm. and everybody be safe. This is the whole thing of keeping the peace, you know. Mm. So, and they're, like I say, it, they're smaller community. So we know everybody. And so we've got to get along. And so we had the luck uh, in August to get Downey, who was one of the corporations up there, but from Revelstoke, and uh, to come right there on the front lines and we put out a table and fruit to cookies and tea and uh, uh, totally welcomed them. And so we could sit down and talk about the cut blocks that were coming up and the old growth and uh, um, we're running out of old growth, you know, there. And a lot of those old trees like the cedars and that, they have to tie them with these big, strong straps because they burst when they fall. They just burst. And so this whole market that's happening, uh, making us sell trees like to China 
all the way by boat, gas, everything to get there. And then sell us dressers, you know, again, all the gas all the way across the ocean to bring us a dresser for Walmart. And and it doesn't make sense, you know. And a lot of our old growth goes just to toilet paper, you know, because it's soft and punky. And uh, instead of leaving it, you know, and uh, these 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 trees, this and in the old growth, the animals are larger. They're bigger. You see the paw prints of bears and it's really big, you know, it seems like the forest in a way with with these huge animals are we're losing them. Everything's getting smaller. You know, mm. so it's so symbolic. And I'm telling you, uh, I was there as an elder and I and I just came back from up near Revelstoke. We did a pop up blockade and uh, uh, this week and uh, it's, you know, a, a good four hour drive to get there. But we we went down. There was already 10 young people there and, and an elder. And then uh, the trucks came in and they were so aggressive. And then, you know, and they go and drive over the branches and everything and, you know, rev the motor and, you know, spin the tires and make a lot of noise and scream something, you know. And, uh, but some of them we managed to stop. And one guy comes with his camper. And he gets out with a cigarette hanging out of the mouth and he comes walking over all kind of grungy looking, you know, and he's screaming something at us. And when he stopped, it, you know, turned off his truck, it backfired. And so we thought we were being shot at, you know, but it was the stupid truck. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, I went up, I took him by the arm and we walked back, had a smoke together and talk and I say you know you've got to find common grounds with them they're the least paid of everybody the investors are the ones who get the cream off the cake and our loggers are really when when Pope and Talbot went bankrupt here the loggers lost their houses people suffered a lot because they didn't even have enough to really make it you know and uh um, it, you know, they, it, we have to work to go towards sustainability on in all aspects, you know, and and with our trees. And it takes five old growth trees for one person to breathe. Are five thousand young trees, and so and that's a big difference. And because these clear cuts are drying up the landscape, we had fires all summer. Uh, because these clear cuts are not holding the soil down when the rains, the heavy rains come, and we're the only inland temperate rainforest on Earth here. Well, they say there's another one up in Russia, but anyways, we'll take number one. And uh, they, those, uh, uh, so we're a rainforest. What we do here, and Micah knows that well, we make clouds. We make lots of clouds. And especially when the temperature fluctuates, it, 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 you see all the creeks just steaming and all this vapor going up in the air making clouds. And so 
we we don't get a lot of sun, and that's why we get severe cabin fever. Mm-hmm. It might be worse. It, the more north you go, the worse it gets. And um, but we still live in the most beautiful place on earth, on a lake that has no industry. You can drink the water and not get sick. And uh, and it's cold. It's glacier fed. So you know, I I look at at those glaciers, and I think those glaciers are melting back to the last time we had earth changes. And water carries memory, and we're drinking that water. So that water contains uh, elements that uh, uh, helped whoever get through the changes. To, to figure a way out to survive you know, mm. those changes. So, you know, on one side, we were being, uh, you know, bombarded with fear. But on the other side, we're being fed, you know, and it's again spe- feeding our spirit. You know. mm. And I feel it's really important uh, standing out there on the road. And let me tell you, it's not easy. I'm 70 years old. You know, I feel a little rusty in the morning. Oh, sleeping in a car. <laughs> you know, that's not long enough. And, uh, but somehow, and the bugs and everything else, uh, we survived and we managed to get what you call two deferrals. And uh, which means is they're going to go log somewhere else, but at least where we were holding those roads, that was old growth. Hmm. And just trying to, again, support the youth down at Ferry Creek, uh, support the Wet'suwet'en up north that are uh, as well uh, uh, being arrested because of the pipeline that's going to go under their water. Hmm. And this has been ongoing. But thank goodness for our First Nation that are rising across the nation and finally supporting one another in these symbolic stands that we're making right now. And as an elder, I feel the one thing and the only thing you can be responsible for is your example. And so to stand there, when I'm standing there, you know, it might be, you know, Hair might not be washed and starting to smell a little, but you're standing there to give hope to the next generation. You're doing your part, and it's about standing there. It's not about aggression, and the police all know me here, and they always say, oh, thank goodness it's you. We don't have to come armed, and I always have like a restaurant in the middle of nowhere, and I remember the road builders coming in when we were up Glacier Creek trying to stop the independent power projects. Um, I had like uh, food uh, for them, their favorite meals. And um, I, uh, uh, it was like four-star cuisine on the road. There was espresso coffee in the morning for those who didn't have a chance to have coffee at home. And then there was like, it could be bacon and eggs and, you know, homemade bread. And uh, um, I I believe and I always say, my great aunt told me that the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. <laughs> and I said, I have every intention of getting there. 
And so I, I have fun with the loggers too. I treat them as, as people, you know, and the police. I once up in the Incomaplu, we had 14 policemen coming to arrest us. And it was like, there was only two of us. It was like, ee. but they left all the way from Nelson. It's a long drive. And the chief of police who knows me well says, we don't want to go home right away because then we have to go back to work. I said, listen, I have tea ready in the teepee and I have bannock for everybody. <laughs> Huckleberry bannock. And they were like, perfect. And I had stopped at our little donation store. We have a store by donation. It's wonderful. I've been volunteering for 16 years there and we recycle everything in our village. And I stopped there on my way out to Cap and I, quick, I need stuff for Cap. So here's like Royal Doughton uh, uh, teacups in the teepee with, uh, with all the, the police from the local policemen. And that's why I say cultivate a good relationship. And, it, and it's a way of, of, of being able to talk, uh, to be humane, to be, to be people. Often when I go up and I'm either talking to them, shaking their hand one by one, and I, some, I often say, are you a parent? Are you a mother or father? We see now more women, but it was in my time, it was mainly men, you know. And, Eloise. Uh, yeah. What is Huckleberry Bannock? Uh, well, Bannock is a traditional Native American bread. Oh. And, and um, it's like fry bread in a way. There's different ways you can bake it. And it's just it, like a soda bread in a way. And but the huckleberries are, of course, the uh, um, they're the berries that grow here naturally. They're the best ever. Nothing better yeah. than huckleberries. Oh my god, yeah. we're we're okay. huckleberry fins here. <laughs> are your people ever thinking about maybe uh, getting a little more into um, organic food and things like that? Um, the thing is that where I'm living here is not where I was born. And uh, when I walked across Canada for water, I went from reserve to reserve, arm to arm. And the Indian Telegraph is like the, at the Moccasin Trail. Uh, and word would spread. They would be waiting for me at the next place. And I was thrown into sweats and, and prayers across the nation and had incredible experience. And I had to do a prayer and a blessing over all the water. So when I go to court or when I have to give my identity, I um, talk about being of Turtle Island. I, I don't really have one native or a lot of native, you know, of one. And I have English and French and, 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 and there's some guy in North, from North Africa in the closet. And, uh, who had curly hair or something. So uh, quite a blend. And so I think of myself in a more global context instead of having just the one reserved, you know. And uh, so that's what I represent more than anything. And here the Sinaiks that we have, the Sinaiks people, they were um, declared extinct 
And so we have been uh, here very active in trying to uh, help with court cases, a thousand million muffins and everything, and um, to raise the funds for them to um, uh, overcome that uh, uh, um, label uh, because the Sinaiks are not extinct. And so it's been a struggle. So we don't have a lot of Sinaiks here. But all our schools are now teaching Indigenous studies. And I myself personally am teaching in uh, four different schools right now. But I do a lot of other schools on the side because everybody asked me to come. Okay. Well, I was just asking about food and organic food and things like that. Uh, We have a whole movement of organic here. We have more wholesale uh, club. We have a little tiny town of 400. We have an organic store and uh, it's not a lot. We have our open air markets all summer. And I used to work at them and helped establish them as well. And so, and I say every stall you're supporting a family. And uh, so we have a lot of uh, local vegetables. We have restaurants and our stores handle local foods that are grown here. Um, we, we have a whole movement, you know, but it's not everybody. You know, there's still that sort of division in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're living in the high country. Yeah. 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 All, all kinds, things. All kinds We're of known for growing marijuana. <laughs> That's mm. right. It's legal across the whole country. Yeah, yeah. But even when it was illegal, we were known. (laughs) Yeah, so you can make uh, some good organic meals and put the marijuana right in the food. Yeah, yeah. Well, when I was in Cambodia in 2012, uh, my sister and I were looking to have a smoke or something. And finally, we realized that any restaurant that had happy kind of fish, happy uh, a steak. Anything that said ha- happy was cooked with marijuana. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, we were also working on stopping so much uh, meat production. Um, I was making a statement last week that one quarter of all the pollution in the air is caused by meat production in the whole world. And it's absolutely crazy because before meat became the American way, I mean, 75% of the whole planet never ate a stitch of meat ever, nothing. And that yeah. is dairy and add eggs, nothing. Yeah. And, you know, you go to Japan and they looked at you like, what's the matter with you? What's this stuff on your pizza? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, well, um, the thing is that I think every area uh, and the seasons uh, uh, is um, uh, about food. And I, I wrote a book, it's still sitting on the shelf, called The Four Seasons. And uh, uh, for me, meat is in the winter. And it's like the further north you go, the less, uh, uh, you know, uh, vegetable, uh, you know, plants you can eat in the winter. Like for us, winter is always that 
difficult time. We do a lot of drying and canning and everything in the fall. And um, uh, so for us to, a lot of hunting here as well, but uh, 20% of it is at least roadkill. And um, and I wouldn't even go if someone hit a deer, I'd pick up the deer and I'd skin it and, you know, prepare the meat. It's just that winter you have a stronger kind of sustenance for winter. And if you go further north and you talk to an Inuit, they'll tell you that uh, mm. my culture is seal. I, I eat seal. Yeah. I smell like seal. I wear seal. I am seal. <laughs> and um, you can have bacon and eggs in the morning and uh, toast in the, the works, but nothing will sustain you long term except a good chunk of blubber, you know. And so um, oh there's different, um, like in the southern part, you can do more of the veggie. You can have a lighter diet, you know. But again, the time of the year where nothing grows. And it's colder and you need that warmth. Like oil is like liquid sunlight, you know. Yeah. It's needed for brain function is the thing, the right yeah. the fats and yeah. maintain emotional stability and uh, a long-term um, sort of, you know, that's where we get our, our marathon strength from the right kind of fats. I try to use olive oil and coconut oil, but I can understand you know, the native people, they understood how to work with their environment yeah. and to survive long winters. And even then, yeah. I'm sure it was difficult. But the, for instance, the buffalo for the plains people, yeah. um, they understood the spirit of this animal. I heard a native yeah. woman say the other day that the way the hunters would work sometimes is they would approach the herd of buffalo and there would be always be one buffalo willing to come forward and he would sort of present himself as yes i i will be you know taken by you for for food or, or whatever the purposes and they used every part of the animal they didn't waste yeah. any of it but they it wasn't a slaughter it wasn't um you know always them racing after the animals they had tremendous respect for the spirit and the intelligence of the animal and then they were connected to that absolutely beautiful and we lost yeah. that with all our madness, our factory farming and all that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, when I, uh, like, again, walked across Canada, uh, I did a whole talk uh, just on the reserve outside of uh, Calgary. And I was talking to their belly buttons. You can tell they were buffalo, a very strong meat uh, uh, culture, and even their bones and they they were huge compared to a lot of other people, you know. And again, how that reflected in their body, and um, <clears throat> and more assertive in their ways, very strong, very powerful. And and so, as soon as we un take away and you know from from the earth, like our traditions remind us of of uh, of where we come from what grows in your area. And uh, mm -hmm. like I was saying here, we're people of the trees. We're actually a lot of bear here. We're very berry, you know, and uh, we have bears in our yards, all of us, you know, at, they're all gone to bed now. So we're okay. 
Yeah, so um, uh, if uh, people remember, you have given us a little info about your time in uh, Phnom Penh with your sister back in 1974. Maybe if you want to briefly just go over your book a little bit and also the new development of um, one of those orphans that you just recently got in touch with again. Well, um, uh, it's all about the children, and the title of my book is Never Without Our Children. Um, but the the great thing about Cambodia was the war. Uh, and uh, as absurd, as, as insane as war can be, and we can talk a lot about it, um, it, it we... Go, like for me as a young woman going to Cambodia, it was like doing something about it. And I wasn't going to carry a weapon. I wasn't going to whatever. I was doing something for the children. And I think the greatest strength through all of that, that again, we get educated, we get programmed, whatever. But our greatest strength, we were little mothers, was our maternal instinct. And my mom, in one of her last speeches that we recorded on video, say, what would you say to the next generation? And she said, to keep your instincts strong. Because today there is barely anybody with any instinct, you know. And it's the same like when the tsunami hit in uh, Thailand. No animals died, you know. And that's where you observe the animals and where they're going. And uh, um, for us, that's what kept us going was having that strong instinct of any mother has towards their child. And so uh, for me as well, the other thing that stands out, especially with this new or another orphan coming forward. And so during that short period of our lives that we were running the orphanage and the children that we saved, and I swear they were each a drop of every bloodline in Cambodia because we didn't only say we only want middle class children or we only want this or that. We got children from all classes, from all areas, refugees coming from the countryside into the city. And Phnom Penh had swelled from 100,000 to over a million, some say 2 million. And shanties everywhere, people like almost like living on the sidewalk. We were like a big internment camp. And then at the end, we were completely surrounded by the Khmer Rouge. All the borders were shut down. Um, we were, you know, the clock was ticking. We didn't have a lot of time. I had an introduction to a, a guy running a sort of boat, you know, that they would haul freight on in a way between Cambodia and Vietnam. I had an introduction to a ship captain because we were going to get the kids on a boat and just sail down the Mekong in a way, and uh, which would have been not great, you know. But uh, we managed through the American embassy. And as much as we know this bureaucracy and the, the hierarchical, uh, you know, whatever, and the embassies are in the government or this colonial pyramid in a way, uh, you you still find good people in it. Mm. And it's a game where people step out of the 
box and 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 come forward and say i i can't sleep with myself i'm going to do it you know and so all the people that helped us including this minister of health and social welfare who thank goodness fell in love with my sister and he's the one who paved the way lost his job over it which is quite a story you know so there's a love story woven in here too anyways uh but um uh it it was amazing and it was our tenacity it was our youth when we arrived there we were still fresh we weren't like people who had been in the war for so long that they were like the walking wounded they you know they lost so much in a way so we were fresh we were full of hope and we never gave up on our children and that's the quality of of being a, a parent you never give up on your children even though they're terrible sometimes you never give up that love is so strong mm-hmm. it can it 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 goes crosses all dimensions you know it's so powerful mm-hmm. and and so i think those were you know the qualities that kept us going and we weren't mums yet you know so we were really fresh you know but i was 23 my sister was 20 we were you know and coming from north america you're almost like a little girl still you know you haven't been as weathered as uh, a lot of other kids in the third world or whatever you know that have to work at 12 or something you know so all these children, I have never met children so appreciative of their life. They were literally pulled out of the clutches, the clutches of the absolutely brutal Khmer Rouge, who had, you know, were, were genociding the people, you know. And um, it was an act of God. But when they took us back uh, uh, with this documentary in 2012, um, we arrived at the temple that is the base of Phnom Penh. Phnom Penh in Cambodia is like flat, you know, there's a place where there's some mountains and that, but it's pretty flat. Great rice growing country. And uh, they would build these mounds of earth and place a temple on top. And Mrs. Penn created this mound because she found three Buddha statues in, in a koki tree floating down the river. And so there, is, that's how Dom Pen began. And it's called Nom, which is Mountain of Mrs. Pen. Dom Pen. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. But, and then just bringing it uh, full circle to here, as you were just telling us that you had. Well, I've been getting phone calls. Sorry, I cut you off. No there. problem. Yeah, but yeah. I've been getting phone calls from it, like Telus from India and right away the accent, you know, and I'm like twice a week. No, I don't have a mobile phone. No, I don't want one. And it's like the deal of the century lady. I don't care. You know, anyways, I get this foreign accent on the phone. I'm like ready to chew the guy up and it's from Switzerland. And I was like, Oh, hello. You know, and um, it's uh, two sisters that were, uh, in our orphanage, but these two ended up instead of coming to Canada, they went to um, Switzerland, 
and were adopted by a family who already had two Vietnamese children. And so um, um, through a friend of ours, and this young, uh, she's not young anymore, she's going to be 50 next week, woman is was looking for her maternal, her mother. And her brothers and sister, they were six children, three older than her and a young boy. And they lived out in the village. And when I arrived in Bangladesh, uh, which was like, the, they called it the waste paper basket of the world in a way. And, and it was India, uh, India um, Gandhi's nightmare that India uh, split the two Pakistans. You know, that, that's what broke Gandhi more than anything was the, the separation of East and West Pakistan. And the brutality that came after that was just a slaughter. And it's taken so long, and you can see it's there's still, uh, uh, again, we're a concentration of people that have this bitterness in a way, you know, because it gets passed on from generation to generation. Hmm. Um, and the partition of India was a nightmare. But... Um, uh so we arrived after the war of uh east pakistan which of course was bangladesh and bang means uh marijuana too and desh means country because again very flat alluvial land off the you know the himalayas anyways um uh and bengal was one of the wealthiest most beautiful productive country as well but you know you put at partition 90 million people on there and uh, again a muslim culture so here's this little family way out in the village and the father is so sick he's dying and they called the mother sent the eldest son to run to find the doctor and the doctor uh, sent a message he, he, he won't come till morning but um this young woman called kusum she so loved her father that she slept on him that night, and at dawn he died. And so it broke the family, and uh, the mother could no longer cope. And there was already so many widows in Bangladesh because of the war. Anyways, uh, um, she had to move to Dhaka to stay with her older brother because the older brother inherits the, the, all the house or whatever of the family. But he had moved to Dhaka and uh, he, um, uh, when she arrived with six children, they came by boat and those boats, and I've been on them, are so stuffed with people that uh, it's standing room only, body to body. That's how populated like one boat and not a big boat, you know. Anyways, uh, uh, she arrives in Bangladesh. And I have a feeling near me, like where we had our orphanage was called Mohammedpur. And we live right next door to a, a, a police station. And uh, down, further down, this was the lower class Bengali kind of place to live. But further down the road was the market. And on the outskirts of the market were all these shanties in a way. And people really struggling to survive. And then there was a more middle-class neighborhood. And then there was the Gulshan, the wealthy neighborhood, you know, and all around old Dhaka, which was ancient, you know, 
with a thousand hydro wires tied up into balls, some of them. It was like you could hear the electricity going through, you know, it was so dangerous. Anyways, uh, where we lived and we had a house, but we had like, a, I, I guess, uh, maybe 50 children in that house. So we were pretty packed and, and children from all walks of life. You know, one, a couple come in and throw a 12-year-old down that was pregnant from the, the husband and says, you take her now. And the wife didn't want her at home. They just threw her out and went. Children that we found sitting under tables that had never gone anywhere or done any, anything besides be under that table, thrown a crust of bread like a dog. There was two Bihari camps because they were the ones in power before. But these two camps were where they put all like the Bihari people and there'd be like five latrines. We have, we took, we got two children out of camp, the camp and it took us six months to the paperwork. We brought them home and I, you'd have to push the plate over to them because they thought they were, they acted like dogs. They bit you and that, and they were so afraid and they would bite. They would bite. One was blind. And, and they had like quashicor, you know, extreme malnutrition and just skeletons, you know. So, yeah, uh, desperation. Anyway, so the mother, the husband, I mean, the brother probably forced her to give up these two girls because girls aren't as valuable as boys and kept the younger boy brother. And uh, she came over to the orphanage and it was, it just broke her heart. She uh, ran from the orphanage and um, this little Kulsum, the next day she looks at the, the fence up front and she figures out how to jump it. And she jumps the fence and she tells her little sister, you stay here and be okay. I'm going, we're going to, I'm going to fetch mom and everything. And she somehow ran off and found her mother. So they couldn't be too far from the orphanage. Anyways, men, the uncle and that, they brought her back and, you know, broke her heart. So she only remembers me at the orphanage, but we were two other women kind of running the place. One Bengali woman, we were all very close. We lived together. And um, um, she just remembers me because they, they would crawl in bed with, you know, your door is open. Of course, you're going to take them in bed with you. Sometimes you woke up, you had six of them, you know, or the thunder and lightning or something. They all crawl in. And, you know, you're, you're a mom, you know. And anyways, uh, she um, tried to find where she came from. I couldn't find the name of the orphanage. She went through uh, this organization that did the European adoption. And finally, she saw my signature on a piece of paper. And they finally got hold of uh, this uh, uh, the, the orphanage there's no longer an orphanage but the organization they're almost all dead anyways but she got hold of someone and finally gave my name and you can find my name on the internet anyways uh so they call me and said you know she just wants to know anything anything about her past anything 
And I saw that with the Cambodian children. One young woman, I gave her my, my Cambodian skirt I wore when I was in Cambodia. Well, she got married in it. Another one, I gave her my elephant purse, skin purse, you know. Another one, I gave her the beret in my hair that was distinctively Cambodian. Well, we still have it, you know, under anything, anything. And it, and it connects them to their past. And her husband said, just, I just talked to them on Tuesday for two hours, crying through the whole process. Both of all three, well, the husband was a little cooler, but the two women, forget it, you know. <laughs> and uh, just, um, she was also on Bengali TV. And there was over two and a half million bites within three days or something. So, you know, she she's the story of many others, you know, of trying to trace her roots. And the one thing I told her is like with this whole adoption process is that they should never cut you off from your original family. There should be a period of time where if you want to make contact, or whatever you you always want to get to know and who you are, where you come from, the earth beneath your feet, what cultivated you. Anyways, she her husband said, since she's met you, she's already changing. And it was the same with the Cambodian children. This totally, if not just embracing one another holding on to one another, clinging to one another whenever you meet one. And it was like we were almost back on that airplane, clinging to life. Because we got out of Cambodia, then we had to get out of Vietnam, and that was like a nightmare, you know. And uh, uh, and those children, we just clung to one another, that force and that was like 40 years. Now it's 50 years, just about, no, 45 years or something ago. That That is still there in us, in all of us, you know. And the change after they meet you, she says, I feel like I've been more grounded here. I feel like, for me personally, I said, I feel like a fairy godmother. And to link you to your past, you know. But I told her, her mother didn't want to give her up you know uh, there her mother still thinks of her every day and 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 even if she's still alive but i said your sisters will remember your brothers will remember and uh um and she has a chance she's going back on christmas day she's mm. going back to her first time turning 50 now and she's going to go back with the most wonderful husband that's so supportive. And um, it's, uh, it, it's a feel-good story, you know. And I, I said, look, if your mother doesn't want you, I'll take you, <laughs> you know. Aww. And um, I, I feel motherly towards her. She said, we're coming to see you, she says. Aww. Yeah. Eloise? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm watching the time. I know we um, we yeah. got a little extra time because we we took a little extra of the time ahead of time. But I was just going to ask you, you know, considering the state of affairs in the world today, um, how do you see? I mean, you're a world traveler. Do you see humanity linking together and overcoming this 
old empire and transforming it from the inside out anytime soon? Well, I think um, like peace, it's all within us. And I look at, we've just had a a tremendous uh, flooding and everything down towards the coast. And uh, we, all our roads, uh, we, we have no vegetables at the store. All our roads have been severed because they're, they just washed out with this and the clear cats, you know, they, so all these avalanches that happen anyways, um, uh, it's the worst of times, but if you look at neighbors uh, joining one another, helping one another, saving animals, saving what you can, making sure everybody's safe, when you feel that, you know, the bonding that's happened, they're not worried about their mask when that happens, or if you got the vaccine or not, their their whole uh, 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 thought is on survival at that point. And I think uh, we're, we're hit with these uh, terrible uh, disasters because we've so imbalanced uh, air, earth, fire, water, you know, that they're, they're all reacting going to extreme. And, but that's where uh, it calls for the best of us. And it's like in the Hopi prophecy when they say, you're, you're in the current, you're in the stream, look around who's there and hold hands, yes. hold together. And, and even with this virus, there's like the whole group supporting the unvaxxed. We just had a whole group go to the school, fighting the school board. You don't demonize people because of their freedom of choice. You don't demonize. We're back to the witch hunt. Did we ever, like Nazi Germany, do we ever leave it behind? And, mm-hmm. and, and this divisiveness. But we're also getting people like all my friends, some are back, some are unvac. We still embrace. At the school when I'm teaching, I try to get the kids outside. Or I give a little bit of space, but I take the mask off. I, I'm not, I can't breathe with it on, you know. And, and so uh, I think, Again, it's demanding of us to to stand up, to stand strong, and to support one another. Um, there's a whole bunch of people that have taken their kids out of school. They came over to me and asked, would you do, you know, certain things and taking kids out in nature and every?" I said, of course I will. I will support you. And what we're supporting is the alternative. Um, and And I think... It has to do with our soul. It has to do with our spirit. And 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 however we want to call it, whether it's the fourth, fifth, seventh di- di- dimension, it, it's more um, uh, uh, interdimensional. It's more, um, uh, uh, when we talk about love, well, you know, it sort of reminds me of, uh, um, I don't know how many years ago, but I was on the front page of the Vancouver Sun looking for any lost orphans. Uh, you know, it was like, whoa, what a day. And here we only get the newspaper uh, two days later or something. And so there's only like maybe 20 Vancouver or 30 Vancouver Suns that come to the village, you know. And when they were selling them, they said, I don't know if Eloise has a copy. She's on the front page. Nobody's been on the front page in the village, you know. 
So they send the copy over when I saw it. I didn't know I was going to be on it, but I did give an interview. Anyways, I just had like tears in my eyes in a way. But my my cousin calls and other people call and they said, you know, it was so good to to read a feel good story where someone stood up to the occasion and did the right thing. Like for us taking those kids up, we broke the law. We broke any law. We didn't care. And that's the strength. Again, back to instinct. That's the strength we need to get through this. And that's what it's calling forward, you know, and that we not get too distracted in the arguing. And we live, this is called like the Valhalla's because of course Europeans came to places that reminded them. And, but the story of the Valhalla's is that all the gods are fighting over, you know, the trickster did this and some woman deity in a way that, and so all these gods are fighting. And they don't see the tsunami coming. But there was a group like us that headed up in the mountain. And with the tree of life, cedar tree most likely, they they managed to survive the changes. They didn't get caught up in the, this battle where we were cast into duality like chickens too tight in a coop. And so it's to keep those instincts sharp, to know what's going on around you, and to believe, you know, um, I, when I go and teach in school, I, taught, I teach about spirit. Um, we just passed the time of the dead in All Hallows Eve and all that. I did a whole class on the time of the dead and death and talked to them about ghosts. And the experience I've had in my life, they were fascinated. And I said, this is not part of the school curriculum. But they were like, this is so cool. And 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 again, it's like uh, with the grad cat class or something, you have the doctor tell you what it takes to be a doctor, the teacher tell you what it takes to be a teacher. I get up and I said, you know, when I was a certain age, I had a dream. And, and then this happened. And then uh, one day I'm reading newspaper, I've got to get a job. And someone says, help, I need help with children. And that's how Vietnam got started. And, and I just answered that. And again, believe in synchronicity. Uh, go with the flow. And then, uh, you know, I'm telling the kids another dream or whatever. And so I tell the kids, live your dreams. Live your destiny. And, and it's the same like they tell me, you're famous. And I said, I don't want to be famous. I want to be a legend, you know, <laughs> and they all get a laugh out of it. And uh, I think that uh, whatever we're doing now, again, we can be such examples and, and, and such hope for future generations and that we can truly leave a living legacy, you know, and our connection with the earth, with Mother Earth. Well, for me, especially as a woman. I feel that so strong. I don't do so well in the air in a way, but I do well with the earth. I feel so earthy, you know, and, uh, and of course the water, the sacred water, you know, I, I, I feel so like, uh, that's why I like living in nature, even though I'm in a small village, but nature's all around me. 
And and I, I think to bring those symbols forward, it's like with the loggers. I'm telling them, join forces. We have to band together for the future generations. All of you have, you know, whatever children that you're overseeing or whatever. Don't you care? Let's do the right thing. This is a time of great changes. If we can initiate that in ourselves, we are igniting our spirit to transform the way we uh, live on Earth. Whether you're here or, like I say, another planet, whatever. These are very, um, you know, powerful beliefs of, uh, of nurturing and loving life, you know. And I say don't get too caught up in dark and light, dark and light, because it's the play of dark and light that gives the contrast. It's the play between the two that <coughs> is where life resides. And if it's too much, bright, too much brightness, we can't see anything. If it's too much darkness, the same thing. But the play between the two. And we're coming up to the solstice now which is the longest night, that's the realm of, of, of the night. And, and this is when we, we're going into our hibernation time. But that's where you're nurturing the seed within you and, this, and the earth, the seeds that lay beneath the earth. And, and those are the dreams that you have as well for that you carry through, gestate through the long winter's night to give birth in the spring. This is a very powerful time, a time of inward journey, especially us up here in the north with the snow. Halloween. Yeah. It's bare, it's bare medicine. That's what this introspection, that's what this longest night is all about, bare medicine. Yeah, yeah, yeah very much. The land of the bear there. Yes, absolutely. And Eloise is a bear clan. <clears throat> yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what's his name? Uh, his last name was Bear, the Native American. Uh, oh, he, he was in Spokane, which is not too far from the border there. Uh, Quite he, a few bears. He passed over, but he gave me an eagle feather and he said, you walk the path of the bear. He said that to me. And I had this little boy that was, a, uh, he was the son of, uh, and his mother was there too. Uh, and they were from Sweden. And he was on my shoulders and I did a bear dance in the circle. What wow. was the first name? This, oh my God, time goes too fast. But um well, I sometimes think of myself as bare ass, but I <laughs> like that story Penny told a little bit earlier. <laughs> people in Spain going down the street with their bare ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I got my mask, Mister Police Officer. <laughs> that is so good. <laughs> I love things like that. Yes. Well. Thank you, Eloise. We can't be waiting so long to get together again. That was a whole year ago you were here. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I, I really appreciate it. And um, 
I, I just want to end this with with, uh, with the true piece by Black Elk, Unglala Siouk. And the first piece, which is the most important, is that which comes within the souls of people when they realize their relationship, their oneness with the universe and all its powers. The second piece is that which is made between two individuals. And the third is that which is made between two nations. But above all, you should be aware that there can never be peace between nations until there is known that the true peace, which, as I have often said, is within the souls of men. So. Aho. Aho, Mitakuyasin. Yeah, so also just in case... Um, if anybody wanted to get in touch with you to get a copy of your book or would you like to give your email address out or? Well, I, I can. Um, it's Eloise, E-L-O-I-S-E, Dolly, D-O-L-L-Y, Charette, C-H-A-R-E-T, uh, at yahoo.ca. Yeah, and and you're just finishing up your uh, documentary as well on the walk yeah. for water. So that's coming up as well, and we'll keep everybody posted. Uh, I know you want you're trying to get your website up and running too. So whenever that does happen, we'll we'll post it on our our roundtable website. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate it, Ma- Micah. Uh, Micah. Yeah. What's the name of the documentary that's coming up? Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe it Trans Canada Water Walk, I guess. Oh. Yeah. 1998. So how are you getting along or do you need to get started? Where are you? In no, this? no. Uh, we're three quarters done, but um, they were like uh, 40 hours of video or 20 hours. I don't know. But we cut it all down to one hour. And um, added photos, newspaper articles, and uh, that's um, uh, going to maybe come out in the spring, spring to summer. Hey, mom, how's it going? Good. Just on the reading. Okay, it sounds like the life goes on at the home here. Yeah, definitely. We are so grateful. Thank you, Eloise. Thank it's you. Been just a joy and. Thank you for your stories and thank you for all of your walking across this beautiful planet. Oh, great. Yeah. Thank you, too. All I right. appreciate it. All right. We'll see you next time soon. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. I'll give you a constant update. <laughs> okay. I will take it. And um, just to remind everybody that um, this is the whole world that is walking this walk and saying that uh, love is the answer and peace is in our hearts. Yes. And that's, that, that's the spirit of Nasara. Nasara now, National Economic Security and Reformation Act, the world over. And uh, nobody needs to learn how to make money. Really, we still do it because the existing structures demanded of it. Yet the new way is to do the way of love and peace and make sure that we take care of each other. And that's all there is. Love is all there is. Hmm. Thank you, sister. And thank you, Micah, for your guest. And 
we love everyone. And I think Penny's got some wonderful music, Music Maestro. We're ready for the closing music. Thanks, everyone. Have a good night. Thank you, everyone. Namaste.